Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Sunday midday, and um, I'm going to do the... I'll go out of the order. I'll do the tefillah today because something came up to me and I want to share it. So this will be the tefillah podcast sponsored as always my Mishpach Stavansky and Masal Stavansky um, told me he's interested in Shimon Esri issues, of course, which he dubbed every day. And some just occurred to me in the context of, I guess, what we say, Tekabashev Gadol, Kerisinu, Visanex, Lakabisko, Yusinu, and so forth. That famous uh, paragraph. And I'll, I've been thinking anyway these last weeks because it was Tishabov and post Tishabov, you know, like I've been doing last couple of times with those kinds of uh, paragraphs in the Shemun Esrei. You know, we talked about Rebbe on Yenu last time, for example, and so forth. Got a lot of feedback on that, actually. Now, um, <clears throat> to cut to the chase, yesterday I went, I had to go give a talk somewhere at somebody's bar mitzvah, and Derek Hagab said, made me think, like, you know, I'm looking for an idea um, before I left, and I don't know why I just opened, for the heck of it, I opened the, uh, Yonis and Apeshitz, who I'm always into, you know, besides the Aristavash, they have this three-volume business, <clears throat> including the Ahavas Yonison. that's basically, uh, they collected from speeches on the Haftoras, Ahavas Yonison on the Haftorah, I have it, says so there's three-volume, with the various stuff from him, I don't know, I like him, anyway, uh, I just happened to look at Akiv, uh, which I did the Haftarah the other day, <coughs> last week in the par in the podcast, and of course it's from Yeshayahu, Atom Ritzio, Azavani, Adonai, Adonai you know that whole business, and uh, fun. I wonder if he have anything to say. Now in the end, is I didn't end up using it, but he saw something that struck me very um, interestingly. <coughs> and that is the following: the pasuk which I actually mentioned last week. Which says, you know, with uh, the prophet Isaiah is predicting a glorious future in the messianic era, even though Zion now is all crushed and destroyed and desolate. And Hashem said, no, it's not true. And all that. And he goes on to say that don't worry, uh, there's an Achama coming in the future, and Israel, the land, see him, the Karka, will be built up amazingly. The areas that's totally desolated and destroyed. Now it'll be, uh, it'll be uh, It'll be too narrow for the population. There'll be so many people there, so many Jews, that the land won't be big enough for all them. It's an expression. But he's trying to say, you look now. Yeshayahu is saying, you look at Eretz Yisrael the way it looked, for example, two hundred years ago. The famous Mark Twain for it, that you know the country's desolate and empty and all that business. Even that wasn't exactly true, but nevertheless, let's go with it. Uh, and now you're amazed. The area that was like a nothing is now built up because the Jews have returned. And Adraba, if anything, it's overcrowded. There'll be too tired 
for for the inhabitants. And then that pasuk, I'll connect this with the Shemun Esri presently. The children who are born in exile will say in your ears, O Zion. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I'm giving it away. There will still be said in your ears uh, by the sons of the exile, This place is too narrow for us. Make room for us to dwell in. It's very fascinating. So the usual way you understand that is part of the general messianic prophecy of a glorious future for Israel. Some of which, a little bit of you see now. Let's put it this way. Real estate in Yerushalayim isn't cheap. In fact, most places are not cheap. That shows you something. And the population of Israel is growing, and so on and so forth. And uh, if anything, Israel is actually deficient in its public housing. For various crooked reasons, you know, they don't allow the right amount of construction. That's the way it is everywhere. In America, you know, we have this facade called democracy behind the scenes. The real estate guys run the show. That's unfortunately the way it is. In every state and every locality, all boys down to the real estate guys. You know, behind the scenes. They fund the campaigns and all that business. Anyway, that's one way of learning it. And that's fine. But Bionis and Abishas and his uh, uh, ever fertile brain always proposes different ways of reading it. He, of course, goes with the one I just said. But then he says, and this must be one he did in two different years. Listen closely. Now repeat. This is something in connection to my mind when you say which is a call for the Messianic era. Every day when you're davening, you say, blow on the great trumpet. You say, that's another way of saying bring the Mashiach now. Now, um, it's one form of it. I'm not sure everybody gives due thought to what it involves, which is why I'm bringing it up today. But I think this um, influence and modifies how you should think of it. And here comes the understanding of it's not me. Quote, O Yomar Delossi Lavo, Kishi Agia Ace Dodin, which means when the time for Mashiach time comes, Ace Dodin, Yigs are, it's going to happen in a certain way. Now, I want to address this for a second. When you and I say every day, I think. We say this in a very general way. We don't give too much thought to it. And you just say, I hope the Mashiach will come now. But I don't think most people actually concretize or imagine, and I think you're supposed to, what it would be like. For example, let's just say, hear me out. Let's just say, I told you, really, 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 the Mashiach is coming tomorrow. Uh, How exactly... Would five or six million American Jews go there? I mean, how would that work out? Would you sell your house tonight? Would you be on a plane by tomorrow? Anybody makes Aliyah today, and I'm not being funny, I'm serious, knows that to make Aliyah is a whole business. In terms of liquidating your situation over here, the, 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 what am I talking about? Moving all your stuff. Uh, what's the word? The, the thing on the ship, you know, it's a gonzo business. And it's actually often a traumatic experience. 
I've had a couple people in my show recently made Aliyah. Now, it's a glorious tra- problematic experience. I'm not knocking it. It's a big mitzvah. Big mitzvah. But it's not simple. And, you know, as I say before, the giving away the stuff you have here, the selling off what you have here, if you can. Imagine 6 million people came tomorrow, or 5 million Americans, Jews, whatever you want to say. How would that actually take place? And how would you bring your family to this thing? Now, if you're one of these richy rich people, you already got a place in Israel, okay. <laughs> you know? But most people aren't like that. Not everybody's got a place waiting for him in, in you know, in, in Rechavi, in Mamela over there. And so how would a taco work out? And I'm not sure most people want to make Aliyah move to Eilat or something. You, know, you see what I'm saying? So how would that be? Now, these, as I said before, are serious questions. They're not meant to be funny. They are, perhaps, from a Jewish point of view, glorious questions. But they're problematic. And, you know, let's put it this way. Somebody in the Holocaust said, it's Halavai, should have that problem. Uh, when you say, which you say three times a day. How exactly would that work? Other than the very generalized sort of thing. You see what I'm saying? This paragraph, now I was just stimulated to think of it by what I read. It's actually a very complex paragraph that we see all the time in Shemonesri. Probably don't give the correct kavonis um, for it. In the sense of, do you take seriously if you do, you say, how would that taco work out? Now, one can always do like this. It's possible to say, look, it's going to be a nace. I don't know. It'll be poof, poof, one boom, 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 and it's over. All right. That's, that's the easy way. It doesn't look like it. When I say it doesn't look like it, in our lifetime, in the last 100 years, it looks like the return of Kali Yisrael there to Yisrael isn't going to happen. Poof, poof, boom, boom. It's going to happen Slowly but surely. I don't know exactly, nor nobody knows exactly, precisely, theologically, how to touch up what's happened in the last hundred years. But it ain't normal. It's not part of the regular Jewish history. Something's happening. The Kalah Yisrael is returning to Eretz Yisrael. Maybe the right way, maybe the wrong way, maybe a whole left to Mizrahi, maybe a whole left to whatever. This ain't normal. Okay? It's not normal. And you can't say it's all unfrum. It's not true. And so something epis is happening. Whether you can exactly touch it up as Rashi, it's Michal Golasenum, or the other way around, it's one big Mice Sutton. Do you play with that as you wish. But something is happening. Okay? And you see that we're living in a century of Kabsenu Yachem Yabakam for Right? It's not happening the way our ancestors probably imagined it. Which was, I'm sitting here in Lithuania, I'm sitting here in Poland, in Hungary, in Germany, wherever, Persia, and one day, I don't have to do nothing. I don't got to do jack. One day, a magic carpet will appear, and I'll get on it, and my whole house and everything will get on it, and, and we'll be transported miraculously to Eretz Row. And I have to do nothing <clears throat> by way of preparing for that. It doesn't look like that's the way. It is, although that is, I'm sure, the way my great-grandparents or great-great-grandparents and so forth and so on, and yours imagine it, I guess. Uh, who could think that there'd be a thing called modern um, the science and technology and airplanes and railroads and all the rest that goes along with it? 
So it can only be in a in a poof poof way. But to you, so they probably daven kabbish over gadol chayisenu, thinking along those lines. So on nesel kabitz gluyisenu. But you and I, living in this era, probably don't see it that way. It's a process. And it ain't a push process either. Some people have an easy... It's like everything else in life. Some people have an easy aliyah, and some people do not. In fact, I would say many people do not. And just going to Israel by itself doesn't guarantee anything. Like we said the other day, you know, it depends who your kids are and a hundred other things. So, again, we see all the time, is actually a very complex matter. And we don't know the process. And we also don't know, you know, the stages. Clearly, for whatever reason, the first people who moved, the from and the not from the Yisha by Yashan, the Chalotzim besides them, that's a tiny group of Dashkenaz. Later, as a result of the Hitler and all that, came a little, a little bit more of the Ashkenaz, a little bit more. For some reason, when Israel became a state, the Bani Shalom wanted it that the Sephardim should move there. The Ammonites, the, the, the Iraqis, and the Moroccans, and so forth and so on. I don't know why. You don't know why either. Hashem so ordained it. The six million got killed, they didn't get to go. You're left with a couple million in America and a couple million elsewhere. Well, a lot, about a million of the Ruskies came, you know, about 30 years ago, right? When communism fell, approximately. You see what I'm saying? It's a complex process. Hasn't hit the American Jews in a big way yet. Um, or I wouldn't be speaking to you from Kutzlarts. Nobody knows exactly the process, but you see there's a continuity. Just to think in the terms that I just laid out for you, the grand sweep of the last hundred years is actually very interesting. And depending who you are, is a very religious kind of feeling. You understand? When you say this prayer, it's a very historical, meta-historical, sweeping kind of business. Where do I fit into this whole pattern and so forth? Now, I'm not finished by any means. But Yonas Aishas goes on to say like this, in his opinion, right? And remember, he wrote this <clears throat> about 250 years ago at least. Actually, it could be 300 years ago. He was operating as a speaker in the 1720s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. So now we're in the 2020s. It could be in the 1720s. Listen to this. O yomer delosi lava kishiyagi eistodim Yigzar Malchus Xeris al Yisrael. The Malchus, no, it's the Goyim in Europe, will increase the Xeris. There will be an uptick in anti Semitism. Hadn't happened in his time, but he's predicting it. He's interpreting the prophet Isaiah's predicting it. Yigzar Malchus Xeris al Yisrael, v'yisnad vulibon ledech v'ladur be'eretz Yisrael. Isn't that amazing? V'yisnad vulibon, they become a voluntary movement to move to Israel. Now, I'm sure he didn't conceive of Zionism, and certainly secular Zionism. I doubt it. I mean, he was a Makobo, but I doubt it. But nevertheless, he said that Yeshayahu was predicting the Bnei Shikolaich is referring to a scenario in which the Jewish people are in Golis, and the Malchus goes to Xeris al Yisrael, and the result is the Jews then say, the heck with this, we're going to Israel. Then there'll be some kind of a holocaust, and Ace Charlie Jacob, isn't that amazing? For Yishma Hashem is Sakhason, and God will hear the cries of the Jews. 
וירחם עליהם, וישלח לפניהם משיחה הולך תמים. So he sees this a very religious, old-fashioned way, in which the Bamish be Mashiach. There'll be anti-Semitism in Chutzlars. The Jews will start to move to Eretz Yisrael. Right? Whereas he puts it over here, they'll start a movement to move to Israel. Don't say they'll move. And the anti-Semitism will build up. And then Hashem will send the Mashiach. And the Mashiach will lead the return to Zion. And that's why it says, and this is the fascinating part. How's the the Navi put over here? We just did in the Haftarah. That the areas that are wasteland and devastated, now full of people, not enough room. Ratzelomer, Begolus, Vimea Chorban, the Charvasach Shamasach does not mean the way we usually understand it. A devastated Israel. No. Chavasach Shamasach Veret Sabisach is Europe. Yeah. Is 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 Lita, is Poland, is Hungary, is Germany, and so forth. The places that were once teeming with Jewish um, uh, uh, activity in quantity and quality. Ikram Kumas. You understand? And now they became a Kharba and a Shmama. Which is exactly what happened in the 20th century. You can go back now and visit Eastern Europe. I wouldn't advise a trip to uh, Ukraine at the moment, but there's some nuts that'll go. But you can go other parts, and you see when you go there. I've been in Eastern Europe. I was in Ukraine also before all this. And you know what do you do when you go from town to town and place to place over there to Mir to Volozhin to Kovna to Vilna, <coughs> all these other places. Wherever you go, you can see this is where the Jews used to be, but they were all killed. Usually in Belarus, they take you out of town every place. You can see where all the Jews are shot. So what does that tell you? Europe is kicking you out. Or the West, if you wish. You'll be too narrow from the guy. No, the guy will say, let's get the heck out of here. You know what I'm saying? Get out of here. If you want, we'll kill you. And what they'll say is, And they'll say, we can't take it. It's too narrow for us over here. Now, he's speaking in the sense that I just described. But what's interesting is, for those of us who are, you know, davening these days, you see in my opinion anyway, you see, little by little, the uh, Western culture, the American culture in England and elsewhere, is fascinating. The uh, wokeness and the PC is making things that's impossible. Slow. This is a slow process, but it's a, a steady process. It's making life very confining and narrow. You have to conform to this. You have to do that. You have to accept all the business on sexuality. You have to accept this 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 uh, as a uh, as a value, and you have to reject that as a value, despite whatever the Torah says. Uh, all this PC, I taught takes to me Okay, now it's making it. Then in America again, not today, not tomorrow, but in a week from now, two weeks from now, you know, in, in the future, you can see it. It's going to be impossible, for example, to run a Shiva day school 
without teaching this and that and the other stuff. The state's going to make you do it. How you, how are you going to stop that? And believe me, I have friends who run yeshivas and things like this, a few. They're plenty worried about them. Maybe they don't talk about it in public. Maybe they do. I don't know. But they ain't push it. Because the state and the Department of Education and all the rest of it slowly but surely are coming around the corner. And it's not going to be simple. Because it's not something you want taught in the curriculum of your schools. And maybe eventually in the synagogues themselves, all the rest of it, because there's no limit to the overstretch, the reach, in my opinion, of where this stuff is going to go. It just happens slowly and surely. I'm sorry to say there are plenty of yidin that are involved in all this, but nevertheless, it doesn't matter. And so what's the result? The people, even in a country like America, which until now has always been a land of freedom and constitutional liberties, but the cultural wars, they say the social justice wars, are making it and therefore, what's going to happen is um, are going to say even here in America or some other similar country even in America it's too narrow for me. In other words, they don't give me the Dalai that I need to exist. Today, and in my lifetime, you live in a country like the U.S., or like I say, I'm not, I know there are people listening in other countries, uh, let's say Western liberal countries, uh, in the old-fashioned sense of the word liberal. So the liberalism expressed itself, if you're Jewish, in the fact that they give you a Dalai In other words, I'm a citizen of the country, I pay the taxes, I'm loyal to the country, and all the rest of it. You do, right? As George Washington used to say. However, I like to, um, and I choose to exercise my own religious values and my own practices. I'm not bothering anybody else. I'm not talking about where you go and bother somebody else. Right? I'm doing my own thing. And I, I like to live the ceremonies that I like to do. But little by little, and I like to say, this I think is a good value. That I think is a bad value. This is a good lifestyle. This is a bad lifestyle. I can't make you do some of my lifestyle, but you can't. You shouldn't be able to make me do your lifestyle. But it's not going that way. And so, culturally speaking, tsarli hamokum, and therefore you have to say to Israel, Now there are left wingers in Israel too. Believe me, there's even a movement in Israel, you know, to ban circumcision. Which, by the way, is one of the things I think is coming down the road, in my opinion. It doesn't happen overnight. These are long-term trends, but they're not so long. We've already seen it popping up against Shita, against Brismila, against other things. It's interesting how it's going. And there are liberals who would try, like to do it in Israel, but the, the front population is, is exploding, so that's unlikely. It's unlikely. Um, but it's very interesting because all this... Um, that he's talking about, which is speculative, but the Kabbalah Shavu Gadol is speculative. So when you daven, this is the point I wanted to make. Uh, every day, three times a day, and you say this paragraph, so the first half is like fanciful. Blow a great trumpet. God is not going to blow any trumpet. God does not have a mouth to blow trumpets. It's expression. and raise a great flag. Well, God doesn't have a hand to raise a flag either. So these are expressions, rhetorical expressions. They, they bespeak a, a process, messianic process. But it's a concrete matter. That is the opposite. 
That's something that's Lamaisa. And if you think about it, you could probably spend 10 minutes thinking about this. That has to do with co- contemporary culture and politics. It was very relevant to everybody. It might be the paragraph that, that you give you most thoughtful uh, uh, appraisal when you're diving from an asteroid. Because it's raising the question how exactly is going to be Kapsani Yachim Yabakhan And it doesn't seem to an intelligent person, in my opinion, that when you say to Kabashov, you say, well, this is going to happen 100 years from now, or 1,000 years from now. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like it's happened a little more quickly. And that should shake people up and make them thoughtful and maybe uh, cause you to, uh, what's the right word? Give an honest um, thought to where we're holding those who are in, especially those who are living in Kutzlarts. Anyway, that's a, an idea that I had. And uh, as I said, contemporary politics in America, I know, and elsewhere as well, is leading in interesting directions. And usually, most of us find the news to be depressing when it comes to these subjects. And the modern way of dealing with depressing subjects is to ignore them. As Calvin Coolidge used to say, if you ignore them long enough, hopefully they'll go away. But it doesn't seem that way, does it? And so, could it be that the great trumpet is going to be what Abishas is talking about? The trumpet will be the uh, pressing down on uh, from Jews and making it impossible for them culturally to continue their lifestyle? Is, is, that, the, is that the trumpet, the, the chauffeur gadol? Is that the nace? That will you know the the great uh, a banner that will be uh, a waved. Maybe yes, maybe no. I don't know. You don't know. I'm uh, I, I don't prove, but it sounds doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like like that's what's 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 happening going on, which really means you're trying to interpret current events, not just history, through the lenses of uh, of what you think the way Hashem is running the world. The person who doesn't do that. I don't know how you do Kabbalah I don't know how you do Shemun Ezra. If you say the events kind of take place on their own, with basic causality, there's no higher hand working out there. You know, I'm not sure that's a very realistic. I know it sounds funny to me to say it. I'm not sure it's very realistic, and certainly not a very productive way uh, for a Jew to, to view these events. Anyway, that's just uh, getting that off my uh, chest, and I thought that um, thing in the obvious Yonas were very fascinating. You can take a look at it also if you want. It's this week's Parsha, a Haftarah. And uh, with that, I'll leave off. I want to thank once again Mishpacha Stefanski uh, for sponsoring this. And with that, I wish you a good day. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.